630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you're doing okay. It's six minutes after seven. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm just, uh, I'm just seeing some buddies uh, texting about the uh, 2015 CFL West final. Oh, yeah, that's I, on. I believe it's on TSN 3, but we only get TSN 1 and 2. Uh, Did you get TSN 3 in there? Uh, no, it's the same cable package as I, you got. So. I only get TSN 1 and one and 2 in here. I'm the, watching Raps the, and 76ers the, right now. The, the 2015... West final in the CFL is probably the most joyous atmosphere I've ever experienced at Commonwealth Stadium. And I still attend Eskimos games in my in my seats, in my season seats. I don't I don't I don't sit in the in the media center. Um so I go, I sit with my mom and dad. Uh I I, I don't cheer as voraciously as I as I used to before you know, because I'm still a member of the media and I still got to talk about the team and interview guys and all that stuff. But but the 2015 West Final, so like that was such an amazing year. They're, they're six and four. Riley comes back. They win their last eight regular season games, almost all of them in, in close games, or, you know, or relatively dramatic fashion. I think they had a couple overtime games. I remember they had that game in Winnipeg. And I was sitting at my desk getting ready for a face-off show because the Oilers played a couple hours after that game ended. And uh, Sean White made that long field goal right at the end of the game. And I think the Eskimos had a turnover late and it looked like they were going to lose. And then they got the ball back one more time. Uh, they had an overtime win against BC along the way. There was uh, Even the game they beat Montreal, I think they beat Montreal 38-20 or something like that. But they, they were I think they were trailing 2019 going into the fourth quarter. And then they're playing Calgary, who was also 14-4 and four, and who had thumped Edmonton in the playoffs the previous year. And that was like that was the most dominant Eskimos game of the year. Well, they, I think 45-31 they wound up winning, but it was 45-18 at some point, and Calgary got a couple of, or 45-16, something like that. Calgary got a couple of late touchdowns. And that was just the, the most, it was just like a party at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos just took over in the second half, pulled away, we're making all the big plays. Players were dancing on the field. Like it was just, it was just an absolute joyous atmosphere. And then, of course, a week later, they fell behind early again, made it tough on themselves, and eventually uh, beat uh, beat Ottawa twenty six twenty in the Grey Cup. Do you remember who got the quarterback sneak to win the Grey Cup in twenty fifteen? Was that Jordan Lynch? Jordan Lynch, baby. There we go. Jordan Lynch. That was his, his calling card all season. That was it. He went in and did the quarterback sneak. Short yardage guy. The short yardage, that, that is what he was. And then, uh, like a week later, Chris Jones went to coach Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and now he's not in Saskatchewan. Now he's now not, he's, is he still in Cleveland? Yeah, I, think I believe he's still so. employed there. Yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting gentleman. Very good football coach. It, interesting gentleman. 
Cowtown Bob writing in. He says, uh, hi, Reed. If the Stanley Cup can't get awarded by mid-July at the latest, they should cancel it. I would rather watch football during football season than hockey. I will look forward to a full 2021 hockey season rather than a half-bake season just because the NHL wanted to have a 2020 champion with an asterisk. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to try to... I mean, look, nothing's been cancelled. People were asking me in the first half hour of the show, what's been cancelled? What's the plan? The, the plan is, it's, it's like everything else we're doing in the world. It's day-to-day. It's week-to-week. It's We see how the virus goes. We see how we deal with it. We hope that we, you know, most people stay relatively healthy during all of this, but we're not going to see any league absolutely cancel anything until they're the very last moment. And, and, and I'm sure the NHL has last moment dates in mind. Elliot Friedman was on with Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers Now. Like I believe they're going to do everything they can to play. I think that goes for the NBA. I think that goes for the NHL. I think it goes for Major League Baseball. I think they're going to do anything they can to play. And my guess, Bob, is is that they're going to aim for July. They'll hope for June, but it's more likely July. And uh, that's why I think that's where we are. I think that's kind of where everybody's sitting and saying, if we want to take care of this, um, if if we're going to play again, it's going to be when we're not used to seeing hockey. All right. We had Berkeley on yesterday. To answer your second question, yes. Are we going to have a new economic order? Yes. uh, I believe that. I wrote that this week. I... I think we're going to see, look, they're going to have to work together on the escrow. They're going to have to work together on the salary cap. They're going to lose, or I shouldn't say lose, but a billion in revenues is at risk. There's, they're all connected. I think one thing that we're going to be curious about, Bob, is players already got one paycheck. There's another one coming March 30th. There's a third one coming on April the 15th. That's a four-day paycheck. April 1, 2, 3, 4, I think it is. And then the yep. regular season was over. I'm curious to see what the players are going to do with that paycheck. Are they going to take it? Are they going to adjust the escrow percentage on it? One, both, neither. We'll see. But I do think that the league and the players are working together. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, at some point uh, in the next little while, and I don't know, I don't want to put a timeline on it, you see a new CBA come out of this. Because I think the league and the players recognize that this is not the time to be fighting. This is the time they're going to have to work together. And they're going to need to sell this. The new TV deal in the U.S., Seattle, everything. They're going to need to have a long, stable business. And I think you will eventually see a CBA that reflects that. All right, good perspective there by Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. He's a weekly guest on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, the excellent program that is heard from noon to two weekdays here on 6.30 Chet. The head coach of the Canadian women's basketball team. They were going to the Olympics in 2020. Well, now they're going in 2021 because of the postponement. Lisa Tomitis is next. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. She is the head coach of the Canadian women's basketball team. 
which was getting ready to go to the Olympics this summer. Now that'll be next summer in Tokyo. Welcome back to Inside Sports, Lisa Tomitis. Lisa, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks, Reed. It's nice to talk to you again. My standard line at the beginning of every interview is, I wish it were under better circumstances, however, with everything that's going on in the world and the impact on sports. And clearly, Lisa, a huge impact on the, uh, on the Olympics, on the Canadian women's team. The Olympics will be pushed back by uh, by a year here for Tokyo. Can you just sort of give me your reaction to this news and, and the lead up to it becoming official? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the few days leading up to the decision from the COC, it was becoming very apparent that that was the only decision that was going to be made, that there, you know, uh, that it seemed as if there was no way the Olympics could could take place this summer. So it wasn't necessarily a shock. Um, the fact that we were the first country to take that stand was pretty cool. Um, but certainly there's also that disappointment, you know, like it wasn't about the announcement. It was more about following, you know, the course of the virus and how it's spreading across the world. I think we all kind of realized and had been mourning it a bit <laughs> along the way that uh, we likely weren't going to get our opportunity this summer. So, um, but Again, there's bigger things and, and more pressing things right now that we have to get through before we worry about that. Well, yeah, for sure. It, it, and how does this affect what the, I guess, the, the short-term schedule for your team? How does this sort of affect that, that cycle mm-hmm. that, that your team would have been on? Yeah, well, we were supposed to be coming to Edmonton here middle of May for a training camp and, and some exhibition games against uh, Puerto Rico and Czech Republic. And, you know, I think everything's just being put on hold right now. And, uh, you know, before until we have a better idea of time frame and when we might be coming up the other side of this, I think we're just all in a holding pattern and, and just doing our part. Yeah, it's 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 pretty unprecedented, isn't it? I, I mean, coaches uh, talk to their athletes all the time about handling adversity, but are you kind of sitting here thinking like there, there's there's no playbook for this as, as a coach yeah for sure um you know i think the uncertainty and not knowing uh was was much more stressful and anxiety provo- provoking for the athletes leading up to this decision but now that we know there is a postponement it's not going to be canceled um you know we're just pushing our plans back another 12 months so just kind of hold tight and let's ride this out and let's not get um too far ahead of ourselves and again once we once we have a better idea of time frame and we'll have a really good schedule put in place and we'll have a great plan in place for uh you know for a solid 2021 yeah in, in terms of of the road to to get to this this point uh, I, I mean obviously you had some some pretty uh, convincing victories along the way um, I, I think you outscored teams by uh, about 30 or 35 points a game at the at the pre-qualifying tournament so you must have been, been pretty happy with the results you've been getting yeah you know the pre-qualifier at Edmonton was was really good um, we, we played we played pretty well, um, some lopsided results, but what we were very thankful for was a really close game against Puerto Rico at the end. And I think had we not had that close game and a bit of a scare, I don't think we would have been as prepared for the qualifying tournament in February. Um, and then in February, of course, we went to Belgium and went 3-0 and there against top-shelf teams in uh, Japan. And uh, Belgium, Belgium, who finished fourth in the world last year at World Championships and playing on their home court. So we had some tremendous competition, and uh, the team played very, very well. So that was very encouraging, and we were on such a uh, an upward trajectory in terms of, you know, how we were going to be playing this summer in Tokyo. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to use it as an opportunity and, and get that much better for, for a year from now. 
uh, I mean, you've been with the women's national team for a while. Tell me a little bit about just the 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 trajectory of the program, and, and even in the time you've been there, about how how the athletes just keep improving and improving. Because I know the women's team has been strong and had some very good results, but you got to build on that, right? I mean, there hasn't been a peak and a drop-off. To me, the team has stayed pretty strong and pretty consistent. Yeah, we've just been continually improving, you know, and internationally our our results have, you know, continued to climb. Um, So that's been really, really encouraging. And, again, it's a sign of the quality of the athletes and the depth of talent that we have in our program right now. Um, You know, more and more players that are making it to the WNBA that are playing in EuroLeague teams um, throughout the winter and just the quality of competition that they're getting throughout the year is uh, is top notch. So when they come back to us with national team, um, you know, they're that much stronger. They've been working on, on certain things throughout the year and, and just a, a better, a better product that we're able to put out on the floor each summer. Lisa Tomitis joining us tonight on Inside Sports, the head coach of the Canadian women's basketball team. And, of course, Lisa, I'll, I'll shift gears here. You're also the coach of the uh, the University of Saskatchewan Huskies women's team. And, and see, this is this is where i, I got to wear different hats for this interview, too, because obviously I'm a, can- <laughs> a, a fan of the Canadian women's program. As a grad of the University of Alberta, you know it pains me to congratulate you for winning the <laughs> national title. Uh, but for, good, good for the Huskies. I mean, uh, your team had an awesome season, 24-2, and two, and and uh, an 18-point victory over Brock in the national final. Thanks. Yeah, I missed you guys this year. I was over in Belgium at the time uh, when we were coming and playing U of A at home. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much. I mean, yes, us winning is, is tremendous for U of S. It's also great for Canada West, you know. Um, I think it just speaks to the, the quality of the teams that are in Canada West. And I think over the course of the season, um, you know, the talk was a little bit more about the quality of the Ontario teams. And, you know, I didn't think the Canada West teams got a ton of respect. There were maybe a couple of us, us in Calgary, were in the top ten, and then Alberta came in at the end here. But, um, you know, once we got into into playoffs and, and semis and quarters and finals, um, like we played a lot of tight games. We had a tight game with Vic, with UBC, and then obviously with Alberta. So uh, the, with us and Alberta and Calgary going to nationals and, and representing well, um, I think it, it says a lot about our conference. And, and, of course, for us, I think we took a little bit of disappointment from last year's nationals and, and uh, used it as a springboard to, to win this year. I thought the team came in and played with a lot of maturity and, um, you know, really it was like a business-like approach. And... Uh, you know, it made my job very easy <laughs> at Nationals. You know, our team executed the game plan very, very well, and uh, we didn't have to make too many adjustments. Our, our players played their best when, it, when they needed to. Well, and you know what? The Canada West Conference has been very strong in women's basketball. And, and I mean, that's when you and I first met, what is when I used to do the, the play-by-play totally. for the for the uh, for the pandas and and there were weeks that half of the top 10 would be Canada West teams the one shift that there's yep. been in Canada West is, is that there are more teams and I was kind of worried if that would affect the the quality of the conference and the quality of the competition overall so I'm wondering your view on that yeah you know I think it has really impacted our conference like you said there would typically years ago be five, six teams from Can West in the top ten uh, on a daily basis. And I think it was part of the the reason why we got to be um, the strong program that we are is that we had to play the best teams in the country weekend 
week in and week out. And we got to measure ourselves against the best. So uh, now with 17 teams in Canada West, I just think it's really it's really watered down um, the product. And there's just there's not enough talent out here to support 17 teams that are able to compete for a national championship. So it's been it's been a tough go. And I think you know universities and, and athletic directors are trying to figure out what the solution is going to be. And I don't know if anyone has one. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 a tough one for sure. And Lisa, before I let you go, we're all in this together in in dealing with uh, with the virus. Uh, obviously, everybody in Canada is trying to do their part. How are things in in Saskatoon right now? You know, um, they're really good from the standpoint of uh, things are very quiet. You know, things have all shut down. Um, you, you see people out, but only uh, individually. People are staying away from one another, and I think really heeding the advice that we're getting um, and really making sure that this this doesn't continue to spread. And I think the more we can just make sure we hunker down here, um, the sooner we can get through this. So hopefully that's the case, and, and, we're, and we're not still doing this later this summer. Yeah, for sure. Lisa, it's it's great to catch up again. Congratulations on the national title, and thanks for the update on 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 the Olympic team and and the national team, and just sort of what you're having to go through here with uh, with the changes to the Tokyo Games. You're welcome on Inside Sports anytime. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Reed. Take care. That is Lisa Tomitis checking in tonight from the Canadian women's basketball team. Always good to have her on the show and uh, yet another coach and her athletes affected by the postponement of the Olympics to 2021. Coming up to the 7.30 news, we'll have the uh, latest on COVID-19 in the province. Um, 10 people in ICU, uh, 56 new cases today, the number of recovered is up to 33 there are there are 507 current cases in the province of Alberta Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962 Greatly appreciate your listenership tonight We've had a fun week here on Inside Sports. We've had CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosio on the show, Mark Latestu from the Winnipeg Jets, Curtis Lazar from the Buffalo Sabres, our buddy Morley Scott joined us. We've already had Lisa Tomitis, Perry Pern, and Paul Sir on tonight's show, and we're going to welcome back to Inside Sports boxer Ryan Ford. Hey, Ryan, you're on with Reed. How are things, man? Hey, what's going on, man? You know, they're as good as they can be right now. Well, I guess so. It's uh, it's a crazy time in the world, uh, impact in, in a lot of different ways. And I've been talking to a lot of athletes and teams that are impacted. And you too, because weren't you about a week or so away from a, from a fight coming up here? Yeah, I was supposed to fight in uh, Warsaw, Poland on April 4th. And um, due to this uh, coronavirus here, um, they shut it down about a week ago or a week and a half ago. Uh, we called it off as, um, you know, it's too dangerous for flying. You never know if I'm going to come back, if they're going to lock down or whatnot, right? So, I mean, that's got to be, and, and look, we, we recognize that, that these things have to be done, but you must have just been hitting the, the peak of your training, I assume. Yeah, I was just off to, I was just getting ready the, the Sunday to leave to Montreal to finish up the last couple of weeks before we head to Poland. And, um, 
yeah, I wasn't able to get on that flight. And, uh, you know, I put in a bunch of work before that and was just going to finish it off. And it sucks, you know, because it was a big fight that could, uh, you know, catapulted me up, uh, up the rankings. And, um, this is the second time that it's happened. I'm supposed to fight the guy and uh, it hasn't happened. Oh, this happened. This, this, this has happened before with this same guy. Yeah, this guy actually, he, he got sick the last time, a week out before when I was supposed to fight him in November. And um, so, yeah, so we renegotiated the contract and made it for April 4th, and then all of a sudden this happened. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that this had fallen through with, with this same boxer before. Okay, that's... that's yeah. Jeez. So yeah, what, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's frustrating, right, because... Um, you know, I know a lot of people out there have lost their jobs and whatnot, and that's the same thing for me. I don't step in that ring. I don't get to get paid. You know, I personally train people on the side, and, uh, you know, I can't even do that because the gyms are closed now. So, you know, it's affecting uh, it's affecting everybody around the world no matter what they're doing. Yeah, yeah well, that's for sure. So uh, now do you did you still finish the training regimen that, like, are you still going to finish training like the fight would have been next Saturday, or did you dial it back? Oh, no, right when everything got cut off, you know, I haven't ate no uh, no treats or anything for about five and a half weeks. So, you know, I got to indulge the first place I called up with some pizza. So, <laughs> yes, you, could but, fall- uh, you know, training, training, training goes as always, right? I'm always in the, in, in the gym or no matter where I got to be, you know, I'd be getting it in, in the basement here with the family running an online uh, family uh, real deal fitness class on Instagram and Facebook and also running a boxing class on Tuesdays and Thursdays with my son um, for everybody at home who just wants to get a workout in. So we're making the time work. Well, and I was just going to mention to people, you can follow Ryan on Twitter. Pretty easy to remember. His handle is Ryan Ford Boxing. And I retweeted a video you have, Ryan, uh, with uh, you're sparring with somebody who's standing on a bit of a footstool. Well, can, oh, can the, you tell yeah. us about this? Yeah, no, that's my son, RJ. He's nine years old. And I had to get some pad work in, so he's not tall enough. So I had to put him on one of the box, box drum stands. And he held mitts for me for a few rounds, so I got to get some work in. Oh, that, that, that's pretty good. How, how is, uh, now, now does RJ, like, obviously he supports you, but, like, is he a boxing fan uh, otherwise, or what are his sporting interests? Oh, yeah, no, he loves boxing. He actually had his first amateur boxing fight um, uh, in December. And, uh, but he, his, his main focus right now is soccer. He's, uh, he, he's an elite soccer player right now for his age. He's um, he, he's got some skills. Well, who does he play with? Uh, he plays with Northside United right now, and he's also with uh, Edmonton Soccer Elite Academy. Uh, we were supposed to. That's another thing that sucks is we were supposed to leave after my fight in Poland. I was meeting the team and them in Italy for a World Cup soccer tournament for the use that RJ made Superior Squad Canada. Oh, wow. And, yeah, unfortunately, that got uh, held back now and put on as of, uh, you know, for the next uh, year, hopefully, we can get out there. So, um, yeah, he's he's been in the gym. He's been doing his fitness. My daughter, she does uh, cheerleading with um, Cheer Empire. So, um, you know, she's been doing the fitness workouts that I do. I make it challenging for everybody so the whole family can do it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so, 
you know, a bunch of her and all her cheerleading friends, they're doing all the workouts. So, um, you know, we're making our time useful and, uh, you know, doing what we have to do is, you know, stay away because uh, we know that it may not affect us, but there's a lot of people out there that this can affect. Uh, so, so, so you said RJ is nine? Yes, he just turned nine, and, uh, December 31st. And he's already had a, and he's already had a boxing. He's he's already boxed. So oh how, yeah, yeah, he's already had his amateur boxing fight. <laughs> so how young can you start boxing if you're interested? And I, I got to ask the follow up. You know, as as a dad, even though you're a boxer, were you apprehensive at all? Um, no, you know they can start boxing. I believe amateur boxing. You can have your first fun fights at I believe at seven. So the fun fights is just uh, you know they get in there and they spar around. Um, but there's no winner. They make it just, uh, you know, get them used to being in there. And then um, their amateur b- uh, bouts start when they turn eight years old. They get their passport, and then they're able to fight, lots of fights. So, um, you know, I wasn't apprehensive of him uh, but wanting to do it. It was, you know, it was actually, it was almost like he, he knew what he was doing right away because he was always in the gym with me ever since he was 18 months old. So, um then soccer came about, and he just started playing soccer. And then I have a few friends, and they're like, man, he knows what he's doing here. So, uh, you know, we've been to Barcelona with um, uh, FC Barcelona Academy here and played in the Barcelona Cup out in Spain. Um, and, yeah, so soccer is his, uh, is, is his dream. He wants to be a professional soccer player. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Ryan Ford, boxer, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You know, Ryan, one of the fascinating things about – boxing for me and and you'll know when I ask this question I don't always necessarily mean fascinating in a good way <laughs> but but like you mentioned so you had this boat lined up and it fell through and then you negotiated for April 4th so you would have had it if not for the virus but that's what I find so interesting about boxing is you have to just find generally like you got to find your own boats you got to negotiate things like can you take us in, in terms of this Polish opponent. I mean, how did you how did you connect? How did you negotiate? Like, tell people how that broke down because it, to me, that is one of the craziest things about the sport is that you kind of gotta make your own schedule and get your opponent to agree with it. It's not like the NHL says you're gonna play each other on this day. Like, you gotta work all that out yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, you know, it's it, it's hard it's hard too because um. A lot of people have um, promoters and managers who, you know, who take care of them, you know, in cases uh, something like this happens, you know, where they'll help pay their bills and they'll help all that stuff. Uh, you know, I have, I, I've made a lot of friends throughout my years of uh, fighting from mixed martial arts and now boxing. So, um, you know, I've been out there hustling myself to get these uh, fights. Like, I'm the, on there looking at box reps to see when these fights are, when I want to fight, when I'm ready to fight. And then I just send emails out to, you know, promoters uh, in Germany, Russia, wherever it is. Um, and, you know, they see me fight and they know what I bring when I step into the ring. So, um, you know, they're, they're glad in bringing me in and, um, and, and paying me to fight. So, um, you know, it, it's a lot of work. You know, right after my fight, it's like I'm on the hustle again to find the next fight, right? Because if I'm not injured and I'm ready to go, you know, there's no reason why I don't fight. Because I fight, I get paid. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, right? <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a pay per performance thing. Like there aren't any guarantees. Maybe the very yeah. very elite men and women might have some some guarantees, but or or I guess I guess I guess the ultimate thing is you could have you could sign a contract for for more than one bout, 
right? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, but then you do that, and then you don't know when that next bout's going to take place, right? So there's so much in the back end that people don't understand. It's like, yeah, you could sign a five-fight contract, but okay, so you fight one time, you make this much money. Is that going to hold you over till you know, your next bout that, you, who knows, could be six, could be seven months away, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, so so that's one thing about getting locked in in that type of contract. Whereas if you're just a free, where boxing is is kind of like that. There's the two big organizations that they fight for, but most boxers are freelancers. They go and they fight every other country wherever they can to get paid because that's where the money is is fighting in different countries, right? Right. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy sport that way. Uh, you know, I'm glad you talked about your connection to your, to your son. Uh, and, and you know you've you've been in with me before, and, you, and you've talked about the transition from MMA, MMA to, to to boxing. But of course, like this is a generational thing for you too, because I'm sure most people Edmontonians will know this. But your your dad boxed too, right? So RJ might be a third generation boxer here. Yeah, you know it it, it, it could be. And if you look at the Forbes sports list, there the two top. Uh, sports in the world you make the most money is boxing and soccer so <laughs> you know i i got it <laughs> what, what do you remember about uh about your dad's career uh, a lot of people they they always told me you know he was he was one of canada's top fighters um and you know i looked at his record and i see he's fought the best guys in the world that people know you know rocky ray boom boom mancini um you know michael logity all these, all these big name guys that people know. So, um, you know, and and once again too is, he fought all around the world too. Yeah, I got to fight in London, no two arena, and he fought in Wembley Stadium. So that was the closest that we ever got to fight, to fighting in the same spot. Yeah, that, that that's pretty cool as well. Well, Ryan, I, I'm I'm glad to catch up with you. Uh, I, I've kind of been saying this to everybody. I hope next time we talk, we can bring you in. Because it's always yeah. a little more fun to have you, have you in, in oh, studio, but we can't. Yeah, for sure. We we, we can't do that. Uh, we can't do that right now. This, so you 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 are keeping busy. Uh, like what else? I was talking earlier. Everybody's watching this Tiger King show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, we watched that. We've oh. already watched that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's the thing. Is like now we're out here. Like okay, uh, don't watch TV. The only time I watch TV is maybe for an hour at nighttime, and that's about it. But now it's like, okay, what TVs do we watch? And I think we finished that uh, Tiger King in two days. So, uh, but wow, that's that's another level of different different type of world that I never knew that was there. Is <laughs> these people with these large animals? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't even know much about this show, so I'll have to get into that. Like, are you missing? Uh, like, I know you're a busy guy, but are you missing flipping on a Raptors game or an Oilers game, you know, after dinner or whatever? Oh, yeah, watching the sports highlights and stuff, for sure. For sure. Now it's like we're just going back and watching replays of, you know, highlights from before. <laughs> so I know that's why that's one thing I got sucked is I knew it got serious once all the, all the professional sports uh, leagues started shutting down. Well, Ryan, started keep catching it. Keep in touch, and uh, when, when the world gets starts getting a little more uh, back to, more, to normal, let us know uh, when this is going to be rescheduled or if something else pops up, and we'll definitely keep everybody updated on what you're doing. Oh, for sure. Thank you very much for having me. That is Ryan Ford checking in. Get him on Twitter, Ryan Ford Boxing. Pretty easy to remember. And, uh, yeah, so he was telling you the story. He was supposed to go to Poland to fight in November. His opponent got sick. Fight gets pushed back to April 4th. 
and now everything's wiped out because of the uh, coronavirus. But Ryan doing his best to, to keep busy for sure. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. Yeah, Tiger King, like if you if four days ago, if you would have used those two words together, I would have thought it was like a superhero or something. I would have fought like Mexican wrestler like from a, the 80s or something. You know, like a guy <laughs> who can transform into a tiger, something like that. Yeah. But I guess it's this show is about people and uh, and large animals and some of some some shady stuff going on. I don't know. Maybe I will wind up watching it. Hmm. 780-496-0063 is how you can call me or text me. We're back after the break. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. What's this one, Kel? This is a request from Roadhammer, back in a game by Airborne. Oh, I don't mind Airborne. Good band. Kind of a modern-day ACDC. Well, I guess ACDC is still kind of modern. Even though they haven't put anything out. But well, was it uh, Malcolm why. Young that passed away? Yeah. 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 All right, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, Gord Wilson, who's the color analyst for the Ottawa Senators on TSN 1200 in Ottawa, has uh, confirmed that he has been diagnosed with COVID-19. We've had Gord on the show several times over the years, including we had him on a few weeks ago, and he had had a a heart attack just a couple of weeks prior. So he had a heart attack and now also... Uh, struck with COVID-19, but it sounds like Gord is going to be okay. We wish all the best to him. He's always a fun guest to have on the program. Uh, Inside Sports on 630 Chet, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on Monday here, Kellen. I don't even know if you know about this uh, yet. I didn't I didn't tell you this. I do not. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what... I'll, I'll be honest. I've been taking it every day this week, day by day by day, just because of the, the amount of information we're getting on everything, right? So what's coming up on Monday? We're, we're all day to day. The play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors... Tim Roy is going to be on the show. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's going to be a cool yeah. interview. So he would have called uh, several. He, he would have called a few of Steph Curry's baskets over the year. Oh, probably more than a few. Shots. Yep. Yep. So that'll be fun to have uh, Tim on the show. Like I said, we're we're going to keep bringing you uh, good guests, interesting guests. We'll have some fun when it's appropriate. And uh, Inside Sports is going to. I, I I still am getting texts from people. Oh my God, is Robert calling? This is amazing. I still get texts from, from friends and people. What are you going to talk about on your show? Well, we have had no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, we can all, we we know a lot of people. Most of, most of the time, they're happy to talk to us. Yes, let's face it. I, I, I can be a little annoying. But most of the time, they're happy to talk to us. And like I said, we encourage you, the 630 Chet listener, to participate. And Robert has taken, taken me up on that a few times. Hey, Robert. Hey, how you doing, guy? Good. So, just quickly, I did not realize back in high school, but the girls were way ahead on social distancing. Oh, there you go. Now I understand what was going on. You had cooties, Robert. <laughs> exactly, I had cooties. You know, and speaking of, because I'm thinking about updating my handle. What do you think of useless garbage? Uh, well, mine is inane garbage. My, I'm inane. It's inane garbage, Robert. Inane, right? Inane. Let's get our terms correct here. Inane garbage. Yeah. No, Robert. So, let me let, let me ask a little bit. So, no, the reason Robert and I have gotten to know each other, as I have with many of you, you guys and gals over the years, just purely by you being a caller to the show. And you all, all called in often when the Oilers started seven one and one or whatever it was. 
whenever a caller would call in and say, well, they won't keep it up, you would always call in and say, yeah, well, they probably won't keep it up, but they got two points. So uh, now, how do you mind if I ask your approximate age range, first of all? Uh, over 55. Over 55. And you've been an Oilers fan for an extended period then? Uh, yeah, since I moved to Edmonton about 20 years ago. Oh, where were you before that? Uh, I was in Colorado. Oh, so, okay. So did you grow up in the States then? Yes, I'm a dual citizen. And what brought you to Canada? Chasing a girl. <laughs> Chasing a girl who thought you did not have cooties, and you've you've proven her correct. So were you a hockey fan prior to becoming an Albertan? I was a charter season ticket holder for the Avalanche. Oh, neat. Okay, so the, and they won the Stanley Cup their first year there. Yeah, I, my seat was 10 rows behind Patrick Waugh's goal. Oh, awesome stuff. Okay. Um, but would you say Denver... Uh, like primarily a Broncos town because the NFL is just so huge down there? Hands down a Broncos town. It's been sold out since 1975. Okay, so Broncos number one. I'm assuming the Nuggets are number four. Like in popularity. Uh, yeah, they're they're back and better forth. this year, weren't they? Yeah, they're, they're better this year. You know, they've gone back and forth. In the Matumbo days, they were way up there. So, okay, so who would have the edge in popularity, the Rockies or the Avalanche then, baseball or the hockey team? Avalanche. Oh, they would, eh? Yeah. Larry Walker played for the Rockies, good Canadian kid. Did you see Larry Walker was named as the um, emergency backup goaltender? I did see that, yes. Did they actually <laughs> play that game? No, I was, I was right when the season got canceled. Right, I thought it was right around that time. Robert, thanks for calling in. I hope you have a great weekend. Take care of yourself, okay? Stay safe. We'll talk to you Monday. That is Robert, 780-496-0063. Oh, a little of hobo time. There's Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you Monday. Take care. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.